Blog Talk Radio. Witches. My name is Raina Starr. I am so excited, y'all. But before we get into today's guest, Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind, or anything else I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you. Please note this will be your one and only warning, because that's how I roll. Uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked wonder self, Dorothy Morrison, please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Dorothy is currently selling her 2021 Home Blessing Ornament Balls. You can buy them singularly, but you know your Auntie Raina says buy balls in pairs. That's only normal. Anyway, if you need that product shipped overseas, please check out theconjureshop.com. Scroll down the web page to the bottom, and there will be information on how to get Dorothy's products shipped overseas. All right. I'm so excited to have this lady on. I really am. Author of A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. I am so honored to have you introduce No, let's try that again. I am so happy to introduce to you Dawn Aurora Hunt. Hey, Dawn. Hey, Raina. Thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. What a better way to spend Saturday morning. This is so fun. Seriously. 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 I'm sitting sitting here, got a cup of coffee, got a kitten on my lap. It couldn't be better. Damn. You got it all set. Couldn't be better. I'm I'm working on it. Couldn't be better. Yeah. That's awesome. Before we we start, can we just say how much I love Dorothy Morrison? I didn't realize she was a sponsor for today's show. She's a she's awesome. She's she is amazing. Dorothy Morrison is like she's like the best big sister, fairy godmother. Um, Yeah, she's Dorothy has been really really wonderful, especially to me for a long time. And uh, yeah, she is my sponsor for the show, and she's fantastic. And uh, well, she was just on recently. And I extra shout out Thank to Dorothy Morrison, seriously. She's, she's fantastic. You. She is fantastic. Well, thank you for saying that. That was so sweet. And you're such a nice person. Because I'm like, <laughs> hey, come on my show. And, and Dawn's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, I, I mean, I tend to say yes to just about everything, which is what got me in trouble a lot when I was single. Um, but, Hello. you know, you know. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I'm, 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 well, you said this is a dirty show, so that's excellent. I'm excited about that. I don't have to rein it in, so that's excellent. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm really grateful if anyone ever is like, hey, I really admire what you're doing. I am just so Mm -hmm. happy to, to just hang out and talk and, you know, talk food and magic and life and love and, you know, whatever. Like, it's about connecting with people. And I think especially right now. Um, 
just due to the the situation in the world with COVID pandemic and everything, you know, we are searching mm-hmm. for ways to connect. And and I think having conversations like this, um, and and like hanging out with you in this way virtually on the phone, you know, yeah. it's a way that we can, you know, um, really connect with each other over common interests, over common joys, sure. um, instead of all yeah. the stuff that's out there that's dividing people right now. Um, so yeah. for us to be able to come together in this way, I feel like it's it's kind of a gift. It's one of the gifts I have found during the COVID times is being able to connect with people this way, which I don't think we'd be doing if it if we weren't having, you know, the pandemic in the world. We'd be out doing our normal ways of being with people, but because we're, you know, home, we're finding new ways to connect. Yeah. And so I'm really grateful that you are having me, and I'm grateful to be here. And, uh, yeah, so thanks. Hey, yeah. I mean, seriously, that podcasting is one of the things that doesn't change if there's mm-hmm. a pandemic. And mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that this is the thing that I do because right. I, you know, all it did was make more shows this, this past year. I averaged probably in, we, I used to do a show a week and now I'm averaging two to three shows per week. And I'm wow. grateful because people want to come on. Yeah, so people want to come on. People want to rebook. I've already booked into next summer. Um, anyone who, who has followed the show for any length of time knows that we book out pretty fast. Um, probably by the time New Year happens, I will have already booked into November. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very lucky, and I'm really lucky that folks listen, and I'm really lucky that folks support the show. Um, I've been incredibly, incredibly blessed. So I I, I can't say anything negative. I mean, not that COVID is good to anybody, but the fact that we've had to find different methodologies of, you know, being together, you know, through Zoom meetings and other things like that. I mean, I was able to attend rituals this year mm-hmm. that I couldn't fly to, you know. So there have right. been there have been things that have made things more easy for other people who maybe couldn't travel so much because things had yeah. to open up more. So yeah, so it's been kind of great on that in that regard. But you know, I was thinking about the fact that you know food when because I like your approach because your approach is not just about feeding something to someone to get a desired result, which is something I'm on the lookout for a lot because there are people that write sort of that kind of stuff and I'm I'm like let's not focus so much on that as much as let's let's do a little self love a little self healing that's been really big this year obviously and you've got chapters devoted to it which is fantastic so i mean let's let's talk about how you evolved into you know being a witch and and being an author and being a chef so to speak i don't know if you have the official title of chef do you i do not i do not in fact i discourage people from calling me a chef because i am not a trained chef um and and, and people say that to me all the time because i i you know, work in food and um, I would, you know, I don't want to say professional kitchen witch because I don't think that's, I don't think that's um, uh, an appropriate term either. Um, I am a little uh-huh. Italian girl from New York who learned how to cook in her grandmother's kitchen. Uh, that's, that's, I love you. Big, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, well, because that's right? where I'm from. Right now, where in New York, born, where did you grow up? I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in Queens. I love it. I was born and raised on Long Island. 
Um, and, and, my, and, and, I, and my parents moved to Long Island when I was a teenager. So I lived in, we moved to Bald. I lived in Baldwin. I lived in Rockland oh, wow. Center. I I lived in uh, Freeport. My mother still lives in Freeport. So, yep. yeah. Yep. My my husband's family is from Wontaw, and my family is uh-huh. out on, uh, not the East End, but my, my family's in, like, Wonkonkoma area. Um, well, I or, know all I that was, is, I honey. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. I've been living in New England now. Um, we live in New Hampshire, and we've been here for, Oy. we've been up here for like 10 years, my husband and I, and let me tell you something. I understand you can take the girl out of New York, and you can't take the New York out of the girl. I, I get that 100%, but, but yeah. I love New Hampshire, and I would not move back to Long Island for all the money in the world. Uh, I, I think the people up here are amazing. I think that I love that I'm like a half hour away from Boston, but like it feels like yeah. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I got farms and trees and clean air, and you know, I mean, you you think that's crazy, but right. like where I'm from, you understand, right? You're lucky if you see a squirrel yeah. and a pigeon one day. And meanwhile, I've got wild turkeys in my backyard. You know, so damn, it's, it's, yeah, right. right? Like I, especially for uh, someone on a pagan path, just to be so close to nature and be so in tune with the seasons and be surrounded by other like-minded people that kind of get that. Um, I don't think I ever really felt oh, yeah. that way living in New York. Um, that's not to say that, you know, New York doesn't have its high points either, but for me, this is definitely, this is definitely where I want to live for the rest of my life up here in New Hampshire. It's just, it's awesome. Um, but in terms of uh, me being a chef or me being um, a professional cook or what have you, I mean, I, I've been, yeah cooking and eating pretty much my whole life. I mean, that's, that's it, right? If you, if you come from an Italian family or you know Italian people, food, uh, food is our religion, right? Uh, yes. so we, we, we cook, we, we share food. It doesn't matter what's the occasion. If you're sick, if you're happy, if you're sad, if it's a funeral, if it's a wedding, whatever, just eat something. Um, so that's, that, you yeah. know, that's kind of the environment that I, that I grew up in. And, and I think as I found the pagan path, and I would definitely call myself a pagan and not a witch because I don't just practice Wicca. Um, cool. I, I definitely would say kitchen witch uh, because that's a, a accepted vernacular. Um, but in terms of yeah. how I identify spiritually, I would definitely say pagan because I incorporate so many, um, so many pantheons and so many different uh, rituals and gods and, and energies into my own personal mm-hmm. work. Um, yep. But yep. Finding that path, finding that path early on, um, 18, 19 years old, um, after Mm -hmm. being raised in a very traditional Italian Catholic family, Um, finding this Mm -hmm. pagan path and going, wow, this really resonates with me. Um, And through working through that path, finding the path of kitchen witchery, and I'm going to say finding the path of kitchen witchery because this is what I always was doing. Um, using food, mm-hmm. the preparation of food, the gathering of food, the ritual of food um, for mm-hmm. spiritual uh, for spiritual means, uh, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. like you said before. I'm going to feed you something to get what I want. Um, that's not really right. like you said. That's not really my approach. There's so many more levels to it. But I realized yeah. that 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 food and the preparation of it was really. Uh, where I found myself feeling the closest to my spiritual self and to the yep. deities in which uh, I, I work with. Um, so 
I found that path. And then once I found that path, I started learning and doing and creating everything I could around that path, which eventually came into me writing, teaching, and uh, running my company, Kachina Aurora, where we manufacture infused olive oils and risottos and stuff like that, but we do it all with the this umbrella of a spiritual nature. And we make all these things by hand with visualization and meditation techniques. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's so much bigger than, like you said, that I'm going to make, make you something mm-hmm. to get what I want. Like, um, and this is, that's like my 20 year story in like a paragraph. So <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, how you get there is how you get there. And I love the fact yeah. that you're multi-pantheon, you know, you, you go to multi-pantheons and I do too. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like something needs a Greek goddess or sometimes it needs, you know, an Egyptian goddess. Because I don't, st- even though I was trained Gardnerian, it's like I still incorporate everything because, yeah. and no disrespect to the fact that I'm a Gardnerian, but there's more to life. Gardnerians have to evolve. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're trained one way doesn't mean you can't expand a little and, you know, un, you know, like loosen the belt, folks. Don't be so uptight. And I well, say that I to myself, like, too, because yeah, it happens, yeah. you know. You get yeah, locked into like, a tradition. And, and isn't that the way, though, in everything in our lives, whether it's mental health or your work or, or your eating routine, your food routine, or your spiritual routine, you get in your comfort zone and you say, well, this is what I know and this mm-hmm. is how I do it. And then you stay there, right? And you're like, well, that's not how I yeah. do it. And I think that that limits you, regardless of whatever we're talking about, whether it's your spiritual path or, or, you know, the kind of games you play on game night, you know, like whatever it is, like you, you get in a rut. And I think that the, the key to growth as an individual comes from mm-hmm. learning from other people and incorporating what you learn and, and finding other people's perspectives and does that work for you or not. And for me, I have to say the thing that was most appealing about a pagan path was that there was no one right way to do something, you know, where mm-hmm. we're growing up in this very staunch um, Roman Catholic environment where you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. It's, you know, you go to mass on Sunday, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, leave, right? <laughs> like that's, that's, how I, that's right. how I describe it every time. Oh, right. my God. <laughs> You're funny. That's, that's, that's so many of our realities. And then you, you very, very, uh, you know, um, restricted, you know, and then you, you find out, wow, there are these other paths out there where you can do this or that or, or pray to this goddess or bring in the energy of the fairies or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, I can look at my altar and I've got Hakate and uh, um, I've got Ganesha and I've got Aphrodite all sitting on my, on my, on my altar, all symbolizing different things. And I can work with all of these gods. So for me, the freedom to choose the energies that I want to work with, that was so appealing about, the pagan path and then being able to incorporate that into what I was already doing in terms of uh, the kitchen, witch access the working through food. Um, That was, that was the most appealing thing to me. And and that's sort of how I've grown in my practice over the last few years. And I think it's really, I think you make a really important point right now when you say, 
you know, um, people really need to evolve um, because I think they do. And even if you decide to stick with what you're doing, that's great, but don't not learn about other things. And certainly don't tell other people they're doing it the wrong way because what's right for someone is not necessarily right for you. That doesn't So true. I mean, right. I know. And, you know, and a lot of, a lot of folks have talked a lot this year and, and as they do most years about gatekeeping and what makes a real witch and what makes a real this and what makes a real that. And it, you know, <sighs> you kind of, I, I mean, I understand there. Listen, I come from a tradition that's very traditional. Okay. That's kind of right. the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um, but you can't just, you know, it's like anything else. Information evolves. You've got to kind of evolve right. with it. You know, right. the stuff that was smart and popular in Gerald Gardner's day um, is not the same thing that's going on now. And you've got to allow mm-hmm. things to breathe and you've got to allow things to incorporate into the new, um, the new pantheon of life. I mean, things, information evolves, evolves with it, you know, and it just bothers me that folks are, get really stuck in this. No, it's always been this way, therefore it always has to be this way. And it doesn't allow any kind of growth or movement or additional yeah. appreciation, you know. So, yeah, yeah people just yeah. kind of got to let each other go a little bit. I mean, is it nice to be formally trained? Listen, I know how lucky I was. I actually got to live with my mentor. Very That doesn't really happen anymore. And That's I had this, you know, you were we were talking about Christopher last week, Christopher Penzak. And, yeah, and, and Christopher and I were talking about the fact that, you know, that doesn't really happen the way right. it used to. And I'm probably one of the last generations that, that got to have that. So I know that things are tough, and you've got to allow people the space to learn at their pace and at the rate that, you know, that they have time because life isn't the same as it was when I was growing up. I mean, everything's different. The factors have to be taken into account. So, yeah, you know, just leave people the fuck alone to practice how they practice, you know? Right. Well, listen, and and it's a really really good point. Yeah, and it's a really good point that you bring up because, you know, in just circling back, to this book that we're supposed to be discussing, right? The, the, oh, right. Book, yes, the book. This guy, but whatever. I don't know. Um, the, you know, I specifically made it accessible to both pagans and non-pagans, right? So, yes, yeah. it's a witchcraft yeah. book. It's a kitchen witch book, right? There's spell work in there. There's, um, you know, uh, um, in, inherent magical properties, energetic properties, spiritual nutrition. We get into all of that. But I've also made mm-hmm. sure that it's also accessible to people who are non-pagan, who might be like, oh, I'm kind of into crystals, or oh, I'm kind of into Reiki, or maybe I'm kind of into yoga, you know, that are kind of teetering on the spiritual side of things. And I, so, mm-hmm. so part of me was concerned that maybe this isn't pagan enough. Maybe the pagan community might be like, oh, that's, you know, oh, that's, you know, pagan light. That doesn't belong in our world. And that was a real insecurity for me in terms of writing the book. And then as I've been, you know, through writing the book and everything, I realized that it was the right choice because there's enough content for the hardcore pagans. And there's still, mm-hmm. uh, it's still um, 
accessible enough for people who maybe just want to learn, or maybe people are like, I'm not interested in that, and I just want to cook these really great recipes, which is also fine. Like, I wouldn't judge that in terms of anybody who wants to expand their knowledge, whatever they believe in, whatever they practice, is welcome in my kitchen, right? And that's the basis of my kitchen witchcraft, is connecting with people regardless of where they're from, what they believe in, who they've been trained by, right, that you're welcome in this space to learn, to chat, to laugh, to share, because the truth is food connects us all, right? Food is connective tissue between human beings. We all eat, right? So there's, there's (laughs) there's magic in there. There's creativity in there. There's wonder there's there's so much going on that brings us together through and around food and I think that's been a challenge with COVID and not being able to share those experiences with people especially right now during the holidays um I was I was talking to someone a a few weeks ago right before Thanksgiving and uh I I want to say that I was on um I know you know uh, Courtney Weber, and she has a podcast as well, and I was on her podcast, and we were having that conversation about the rituals of food and how one of the things we're really missing right now in terms of Thanksgiving and the winter holidays is the ritual that Mm -hmm. we share around who who makes what dish, who brings what dish, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe grandma's pumpkin pie or Aunt Sally's meatballs, and that that we're missing Mm -hmm. that ritual. That is not an exclusively pagan feeling. That's not an exclusively pagan experience. Everybody right right now is feeling that. And that's proof that non-pagans are are also experiencing the same kinds of things that we do through these ideas of food ritual and, and, and coming together around food, where the magic is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I know I have certain recipes that I make traditionally and, you know, like my pumpkin cookies. I make pumpkin cookies twice a year, Thanksgiving and, and for Yule or Christmas because uh. my kids don't really my kids don't really celebrate Yule although they're learning. Um uh-huh. and my kids are adults. So it's you know, there's another wrinkle on that, but um, yeah, you know, just the tradition of it is is exciting, but the, you know, I never thought about the magical aspect of the ingredients that I was using mm-hmm. other than, you know, like sugar for sweetness and, you know, baking powder for binding. And, I mean, there's you can attribute lots of different things to lots of different ingredients, but, but you know, because there are, there's a, a couple of other really great, as along with yourself, who are great uh, cookbook authors who happen to be pagan. I've started paying a lot more attention. So you know, when your book came, I was like, oh, it says on the back from loving yourself, your family and friends. Oh, okay. So I get to love myself on this yeah. because the way I was raised, you know, very uh, you know second generation American. Uh, a yeah. third generation American, excuse me. So, you know, we had a lot of traditional stuff, but all of it was outward, none of it was inward. And, you know, your yeah. book is your book makes me feel like, yes, feed yourself this to make yourself feel better, you know. 
So it's it's yeah. it's a bit different in that regard, and I love that aspect about it, which is why I've been saying this book is amazing. Go get it. Thank you. Um, Thank you so yes. much. Oh, you're Thank welcome. you so much. The, you know, it's funny I just the, the first section of the self love, and it, you know, I think that sometimes it's misleading, right? The book is about you know, it's oh, kitchen witchery for love and romance, um, and the truth is that all love. All romance, mm-hmm. all relationships, whether they're platonic or friend or familial, they all start with self. Yeah. Um, and yes. I, I think yes. it's timely because we are, again, we've all been forced to stay home. We've all been forced to step out of our routines and maybe some of us uh, have been forced to maybe do a lot of reflection in the last few months. Um, and maybe we didn't like what we saw sitting, you know, doing that shadow work, whether, you, whether you're intentionally doing shadow work and going within or you're just like, oh, crap, I'm stuck right. alone with myself for the last seven months and uh, I hate who I'm hanging out with, right? Um, that's the right. worst when you find that, you're, mm-hmm. that the person you spend the most time with is yourself and you're like, I kind of hate this person. Um, mm-hmm. How do you turn that into loving that person? How do you learn to accept that person and, and be kind to that person and give that person the comfort that they need um, in looking at yourself as a thir- at, you know, from a third-person point of view and going, how do I nurture myself? How do I nurture my mind, my body, and my soul? Um, and in, right. for me, it's always been through food. And I would say in a lot of ways it's unhealthy, right? I mean, I would be yeah. the first person to be like, Fuck it, I had a shitty day, and I'm going to eat a plate yep. of mashed potatoes covered in cheese, and nobody fucking bothers mm-hmm. me, right? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. You know, I know some people that literally oh, yeah. do nothing but eat ice cream for a weekend to make themselves feel better. I'm not saying you should do that, um, but I am saying that food can be used for comfort and love and self-love and understanding of the self and trying to you know, magically uh, soothe. I think that's the word I'd be looking for is magically soothe uh, our heart and soul. And we cannot Mm -hmm. have any other magical work. And, and yeah, we're, we're obviously my, my specialty here is kitchen witchery, right. And food and cooking and spiritual nutrition and all that jazz. But I, I firmly believe that that goes across the board for any spiritual and magical practice that you're doing is that, you know, when we say we're coming into a a circle or coming into a ritual in perfect love and perfect trust, that Mm -hmm. means clear-headed, open-minded, positive, you know, we're we're not just saying those words, perfect love and perfect trust. Perfect love and perfect trust means about myself. I'm perfectly loving of myself. I trust myself. I'm, you know, one with my own heart and my own will, right? Right. If I'm going into that and I'm saying perfect love and perfect trust, and I'm like, yeah, but I kind of wish I was more like this and I wish I didn't do that and blah, 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 that inner monologue, mm-hmm. if we're not really truthful about how we feel about yeah. ourselves, that's going to bleed into every aspect of our lives. Every ritual we do, every job interview we have, every conversation we have with our parents, that bleeds out into every aspect of that. And that's why I spend so much time in the book, talking about how to love yourself. And it doesn't sound like it makes sense that it comes with food and loving yourself, but for me, it really does. Listen, I'm the first person to admit 
that I have been loving myself for the past three months with vanilla ice cream and caramel yeah. sauce. Yes, it is the truth. I hate to admit it again on the air. Send yeah. gelato. Thank you. Yes, I'm just saying. We know, it's, we know what's good. Send me the gelato. No, really. Yes, I love um, it. I love it. <laughs> But that's how I've been comforting myself. And I know that this has to end because as everyone has heard me say, my quarantine 15 is now my quarantine 33. So, Uh I mean, yeah, Uh it's time to take it down a a notch or 20 because mama can't afford more clothes. All right. I know. Six sizes in the closet. Let's uh, stop already. I'm just saying. I know exactly exactly what you mean. Exactly what you mean. Yes. I said to my husband yesterday, I was getting dressed to go to work, and I was like, I'll come out and I'll make you a cup of coffee as soon as I can get my pants on. Because I, oh, I couldn't get my pants on. I was like, fuck these. I'm going to have to get a different pair of jeans. I can't wear these jeans. I, I feel you. Oh, but, my God. But, again, like I said, there's, there's unhealthy ways of using food for comfort and loving yourself. And then there are healthy ways of doing it. And I would say the healthy ways are using things mindfully. You know, you know, there's um, a recipe in the book for these amazing brownies, and there's a spell that goes along with them. That's a 13-day <laughs> self-love spell that goes along with these brownies, oh, right? You're I not keep supposed the to eat for 13 days. Yeah, oh. you're not supposed to eat the whole tray of brownies in one sitting. You're supposed to eat okay. one a day for 13 days. All right. Right. Okay. I so can that's do what that. I'm saying, like. There is, there is something about moderation, and I'm always about, um, you know, the quality of the ingredients. And, and yes, on a, on a food level and a nutrition level, right, uh, the better the ingredients, the better something tastes. But from a magical sure. level, the better the ingredients, the closer it is to Mother Earth, the, the better energy that that food has. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I love shopping at, like, the local farms, especially right now. Right. I mean, I try to avoid big supermarkets because of the crowds in the first place, but, um, you know, yeah. shopping as local as possible when you can, um, yeah. Forget all the, the, you know, the social great social ramifications of helping small business and local economy and, you know, local agriculture. That's great. But if we're just breaking it down into, you know, your kitchen rituals, having those foods, right. that, having that food that's coming from up the block, it's going to be yeah. more alive when it hits your kitchen, right? It's close sure. to the earth. It's sure. still vibrating with energy, you know, so the energy of it is going to be more potent as well. So I think that's really an important note to make uh, when talking about, you know, food for your kitchen, for your kitchen witchery and cooking it for ritual. Right. No, I agree. Um, yeah. All right. I got to learn the lesson. Okay. Don't eat all <laughs> I mean, the brownies at once. Don't eat all the brownies okay. at once. But the brownies go really great with vanilla gelato and caramel sauce. I'm just saying. Oh. Right. <laughs> I mean, sorry, not sorry. Hello. I'm sorry, but you know what? I wasn't skinny to begin with, and um. If you love me, you love me with all my fluff. And There's my more gelato. of you to love. There's just more of you to love. I'm very, I'm very cushy. So I wanted to ask, along the lines of self-love, do you have recipes in the book for the kind of self-care like 
maybe something that's more healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's actually, it's interesting. Uh, one of the, the recipes that I've gotten a lot of really good feedback on, which I wasn't expecting, um, there is a, a, a turmeric honey tonic. Um, it's a mm. turmeric honey sliced ginger and cinnamon. And basically you just boil mm. everything. You just pour hot water over this in a, I put it in a jar um, and it's really great for circulation. It's really great for inflammation. Um, and it also spiritually warms the heart, uh, brings in heart and home connectivity with the cinnamon, um, helps things flow through your life. Um, so if maybe you're feeling um, energetically blocked up, the, the uh, ginger and the turmeric help circulate positive energy through. So that's a really, really good one. And I've heard from three or four people that this is their favorite recipe and they make it all the time because it's so easy. Um, another thing in there that's super duper healthy is I have a green goddess smoothie in the recipe book. Um, and that's one of my mm -hmm. favorites. Um, I will be incredibly honest and forthcoming with you and tell you that I haven't had that green goddess smoothie since the springtime um, because I'm more of a seasonal person. So like in the winter yes. when it's cold, I just want like, oatmeal and toast and hot food um and then in the in yeah. the springtime i'm like all about those smoothies um but it's really really good um it's like spinach and mangoes and bananas and and mm. it's it really it's it's very energizing and it, like there yeah. have been months where i've had just that for breakfast every day and it really sets you up for a great feeling great for the rest of the day um i think especially in terms of the, the ingredients magically that are going into that um, and the alchemy of putting everything in your blender and then it becomes something else. Uh, there's something really special about that. And I think it just puts your brain in an altered state of well-being after you do the ritual of making that. Um, so that's definitely one of the things that I consider to be healthier. And then there is something that is healthy but doesn't feel healthy, which is this, there's this chocolate avocado mousse. Um, and yes. basically, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, an av so it's avocados and like dark chocolate and um, agave or honey. And basically, again, you put everything in the blender and it makes a chocolate. It's like the best chocolate pudding you've ever had in your entire life. And there's like no sugar in it and no dairy. And it's phenomenal. And nobody believes me how good it is. And then um, my assistant, she was on, like, this really strict cleanse, and she was not able to have anything. Yeah. And she read that, and she's like, oh, my God, I can have everything in this. And I was like, yes, you can. And she made it every night while she was on this cleanse, and she still lost 20 pounds. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really good recipe, a really good recipe. Yeah, I'm always afraid of those, but I'm going to try it. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, nothing. <laughs> really nothing. It's food. I'm right? going to eat it. Like what that's, the hell? <laughs> that's what I always say. If you try it and you don't like it, you never make it again. The end. If you try it and you do like it, then you call me and you're like, holy shit, woman, this is outstanding. Right? Which I will yeah. fucking do. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would expect it. When I first was coming up with that recipe for the chocolate mousse, right, I was yeah. making it early in the morning because uh, it was – I don't know why I was doing this super early in the morning. It was like 7.30 in the morning, and my husband was in the shower. 
and I, I, I made like three batches in the morning while he was getting ready for work. And I finally got to like the, the best version of the recipe because that's how quick you can make it. You're literally just putting everything in a blender, right? And I literally took a spoon of it and he had just gotten out of the shower and I walked into the bathroom. I'm like, just taste this and let me know if it's right. And there he is standing there right out of the shower and he's like, oh my God, that's delicious. And I was like, yep, that's the recipe I'm putting in the book. So he couldn't believe that it was like avocados. I was like, yeah, it is. You can't, yeah. you can't taste the avocados. It doesn't taste like guacamole. It tastes like chocolate mousse. It's so good. Yeah, and it's people forget so what avocado tastes like without anything in it because everybody right. immediately goes to lime and, you know, cilantro and right. all of that. So, you're, yeah, right. I mean, it's a preconceived notion that we need to get rid of in our heads. I need, I'm guilty shit. I just told you the yeah. truth. I'll t- I, I tell on myself all day. <laughs> mm. That's good. You're super open and, and, and honest with yourself. That's really important. I like I like that. I like someone who can call themselves out on their own shit. Cause I, I have a lot of thing. shit to call out. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot. No, seriously, I'm almost 60 years old, and trust me, I, I have done some shit. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I think that, that true wisdom comes from doing a lot of shit. Right? Wisdom? Like I'm the, not there yet, but I'll keep you posted. No, like it's like the more the more you go through, the wiser you become. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot. I think so many of us have had, you know, lots of hardship, especially this year. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great great losses and sadness. And I think when we go through those things, we have a choice um, to, mm-hmm. you know, pick ourselves up and learn from it, or to kind of sit in that space and wallow in it. Um, And I don't necessarily know if we're always conscious that we have that choice. But I think those of us like yourself Mm. who've been through things and learned things, you're able to look at yourself honestly and say, I'm calling myself out on that, or I learned this from that Mm -hmm. experience, and so I won't let myself go down that path again, or something along those lines. And, And you become more of a realist about yourself. And again, I think all of these things bleed into our spiritual practices, whatever we're practicing, you know, like you're not going to, you're, I'm sure that your magical work and your spell work is so powerful and so open because that's how you are. That bleeds, your, your confidence bleeds into your spiritual practice, into your magical work, which is going to make those things, uh, um, you know, more potent, it's going to yield better results if you are doing a specific spell for a specific outcome, mm-hmm. right? That's going to yield a bigger yeah. result because you're more confident in yourself. And that brings us right back to loving the self and honoring the self and being truthful with the self. Yeah, I think people feel that if there's anything negative, you're not actually helping yourself because I find that people shy away from the negative aspect. But the yeah. fact of the matter is is that you have to incorporate all of that because we're entire human yeah. beings, and that's with positive and negative. That's with good food and that shitty trip to, you know, fast food restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. We, yeah. we do things in life that are mistakes, and we do things in life that are good. And as whole people, you have to accept the fact that you're going to fuck some shit 
up. Yes. And it's okay yes. to fuck up if you try to do better the next time, whether yes. it is a spell yes. or it is food. You know, so the, the food yes. aspect is intertwined into every aspect of our lives. Yes. And you I know? think that's a really important point to make as well. Um, you know, I, I've a lot of times when I've taught classes, um, people will be like, well, I'm a terrible cook or I don't cook or I only microwave things or whatever. So I can't be a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Witch. And I'm like, bullshit, absolute bullshit. Because first of all, right. if you think you're a terrible cook, then you're right. Okay. That's the first thing. If you yeah. walk into the kitchen yeah. and you're like, I'm a terrible cook, then guess what? You're right. Um, but if you, if you walk into that kitchen and you're like, you know what? I need something that's going to, you know, um, make me feel powerful or strong or, or whatever, um, then you're also right, right? So it's all about you and, and your intention. Um, but I think that you don't, you don't have to be a good cook to employ kitchen witch techniques in your life because it all starts with you. And you made a really good point when you said, um, you know, food is something that, incorporates into every day, right? So oftentimes I'll call myself out and be like, I'm a terrible witch because I'm not outside under every full moon, Uh, especially with COVID. um, You know, I used to go up to rituals a few times a year with the group at the Temple of Witchcraft because their Mm -hmm. large ritual space is literally up the road from where I live. And because of COVID, we haven't been able to gather. And I'm going to be super honest with you. I haven't logged into any... Uh, virtual rituals. One, I, I, but I didn't. I watched it. I didn't participate in it. I watched it like I was watching a TV uh-huh. show. I didn't participate. But I was like, right. oh, that's so nice. You know, I didn't participate in it. Um, and so, right. oftentimes, I think that life, just life in general, right, it gets in the way of what are in our imaginations uh, a perfect pagan or a perfect witch looks like, right? Especially, and I think that that's the. the um, a common issue, right, across the board when it comes to whether or not we're looking at our jobs or our weight or our family life or whatever. And we look at Instagram and we see all these people and they're doing all this great stuff. And we're like, oh, I must suck because I'm not doing that. I think that definitely translates into uh, the pagan community as well. I see lots of people I know, mm-hmm. lots of friends I know, and they're like, oh, this is my Yule ritual table. And I'm like, well, fuck you. I didn't do that because I was busy working. Um, you know, uh, but the truth is, we stop three times a day to feed ourselves or and or other people, yes. right? Every day, every day. And I don't care if you're just really busy at work and you're just shoving a sandwich in your mouth because you've got to get back to work. You're still taking a moment to nourish your body. So if we can incorporate yeah. the slightest bit of mindfulness, into mm-hmm. that food, into that eating, right? So you're, you're at work and you're crazy busy and you just got to eat that sandwich really fast. Take a breath, be mindful, find gratitude, connect to yourself, connect to whatever it is that you're eating, and move on. Those 30 seconds, that one minute of mindfulness, mindfulness is the practice of kitchen witchery. It is connecting you to spirit. It is putting energy into food and then taking that food into your body. So this is a really easy way to incorporate your craft when you think you can't, right? And and for right. me, 
it's it's an everyday practice. It's not I'm going to wait for the big ritual and go gather with my friends, which I love doing, but isn't always possible, right? This is a way right. that I can practice my spiritual craft every single day, all the time, or when it is convenient, right? For Salon, I cooked a big meal in honor of my grandmother and my father and my uncle and my friend mm-hmm. who passed. All of them, their favorite yeah. meal was meatballs. So I made a huge thing of meatballs, and I set out a plate for them, and that was what I did for Salon. And for me, that was yeah. enough, right? Because yeah. I couldn't be with my tribe out at midnight under the full moon. I couldn't do that. But I could right. make meatballs for my ancestors. And so that's what I did. And being satisfied with that and finding the magic in it I think it's very important, especially for those of us who feel like maybe we're not doing enough or maybe we're not good enough at what we're doing. Yeah. It is okay yeah. to say this simple, everyday way is enough. And it's okay. And give yourself permission to not be perfect all the time, you know? Um, and, again, I think that comes right back to loving the self and being yeah. okay with what you and- can do. And I love that you're saying that because I am finding a lot of folks, and I guess COVID has really put a spotlight on the self because we are kind of trapped to a certain extent. And I'm talking to a lot of folks, and folks are telling me that they're they're suffering from imposter syndrome where Mm -hmm. they feel like, you know, have you been hearing this too? I guess you have because you're acknowledging it. Um, Yeah. And I just I just want to tell anybody who's listening, don't worry. You're not an imposter. We're all going through some kind yeah. of crisis about things that are happening. We're looking at ourselves more. There's you know everyone's been talking about shadow work, but by the same time, and, and and shadow work is very important. Trust me, I get yeah. it. I've been doing shit to myself all fucking year. And I would love yeah. to crawl away from myself during most of it, then I can't because that shit yeah. doesn't happen. But I'm trying to get better. I am working on it. I am taking right. steps to make my life whole. Um, right. But I'm not an imposter, and you're not an imposter. And folks who are listening, you may feel like you're not doing enough because you suddenly mm-hmm. think you have more time. Everyone I've spoken to during COVID has said this has been some of the busiest time of their lives. Yes. Yes. I would agree. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. And in in completely different ways. Right. Completely different than the way we were busy before. Correct. And I think people are not accepting the fact that the busyness we're having now is just as valid as the busyness we had before COVID. And I think that's part of what's leading to the imposter syndrome. We're not able to see our tribe. We're not able to see our mentors, Yeah. you know, but, and sometimes a phone call isn't enough because sometimes some of us are really extroverted and we like hugs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's me. I mean, hello. Yeah. Uh, very very huggy. I want to give you a kiss. I want to make a cookie for you. Here's a sandwich. Yes. I mean, there you go. Because <laughs> yes. that's what, yes. what we do, right? So mm-hmm. the fact that we can't do that, you know, people are turning on themselves inwardly. And, you know, to bring it back to the book, there's recipes in the book. Go to the book. And there are things in the book that will make you feel better. No, no, no. And it's not just about shoveling sweets in your face. It's about real 
self-love, about real self-care, about really giving love. Because some of us have had a really hard time in that arena. I'm on marriage number three. Anyway, um, you know, life gets interesting. I'm just saying. Things happen. Um, Yeah, yeah. But go to things that are simple. But my point is is that ritual, while it's great, and spells, while they're great, um, sometimes when we're doing stuff and trying to figure out what life is going to look like during COVID, after COVID, sometimes it's better to maybe, instead of beating yourself up over all the rituals you're not doing, is go to a book like this, this amazing cookbook, and start healing yourself this way. Because the ritual in the book is as valid as any other ritual, okay? Don't look at it like it's not valid. It's valid. Do, do these things for yourself. It's sometimes yeah. it's all I can do when I'm having a really hard shadow work day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a it's lot all of you them. Can do. It's like, that right, make a cup of make tea. Some tea. Ha- right, right. Have, have a cookie. Eat a sandwich. Ground. Food is so grounding. It's so... Mm-hmm. Feeling to to connect with yourself and your physical body through food, and and how that brings your spiritual self back into your space. Mm-hmm. I'm like you, and I'm I tend to be very extroverted, and I I feel like I'm always, especially before COVID, I definitely felt like I was living yeah. in kind of a stratosphere. Go go go, move move move, you know, always yeah. on, always moving, always going, running running running. Um, and I think that happens to a lot of people, especially who are um, entrepreneurs or people that are running their households or, you know, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, you're always, you're always doing a million things. Food for me definitely brings me back to myself. It's, it's a moment for me right. to take that deep breath. And on, on the note of imposter syndrome, I want you to, I really want to thank you for bringing that up because it's so prevalent. It is something that's really, really, really real. Um, and I'm going to, mm-hmm. again, call myself out and say, I definitely suffer from that a lot. Um, especially mm-hmm. when, whenever there's a big opportunity, I'm literally, oh my God, crippling self-doubt, you know? And my husband's like, you got yeah. this. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I can do this. I can do this. And I'm like, oh my God, crippling self-doubt. So, um, yeah. One of the things that I, a mantra that I use over and over and over again, um, especially when it comes to uh, magical practice uh, during this time, especially the mantra that I use is progress, not perfection. Um, And Mm -hmm. I remind myself of that all the time, progress, not perfection. Um, As someone who's Mm -hmm. always thinking I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, I should be doing more, the word should is is a garbage word and needs to be thrown out from our vocabulary completely. Um, (laughs) And and again, words have power. Words are the purest form of magic that we have. So when you think about that and you become able to understand that words have power and you get into transformative language and you get into changing your brain from negative speak to, to positive speak from the difference between a lacking mindset to an abundance mindset and changing the way Mm -hmm. you're thinking, all of those words, all of that trickles down into your magical practice. But again, progress, not perfection. If all you can muster is the energy to light one candle on Yule, good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Congratulations. You did the thing. You did the thing. And that's okay. That's enough. If you are able to go out in your backyard and light a giant bonfire and, you know, 
stay up all night and greet the Yule morning sun, fucking good for you. You did a thing. That's awesome. And I admire you. But I don't admire one person more than the other person because we're all only able to do what we are able to do. And that's okay. You know? And I think people need to hear that. I think we all need to be reminded that whatever we can do is enough, you know, as long as, always, as long as you're always trying, it's the effort, yeah. it's the progress. That's all it is. It's the effort and the progress. Yeah. That's the most important thing is the intention, the trying, the, the, the not giving up. Right. And it doesn't mean fight, 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 hard, hard, hard. That means baby steps in the right direction are still getting yeah. going to get you where you want to go. You know, learning. Right. And, don't, and don't stop. Right. right, and don't stop just because you're not seeing the, the end result you want right away. The result will come right. if you hold to right. it. you got to hold right, to me, it because the minute you let yeah. go, that's when everything falls. When your faith wavers in whatever it is, whether that's it's your spell work, your intention, Whatever it is, if you waver from it, it isn't going to work because you lack the confidence in it. Be confident in your magic. You know, it's kind of like that with cooking. Be confident in your cooking. Be confident in your magic. There you go. Yes. And, and, I mean, the, the overarching of the confidence and the faith, you brought up having that faith, having faith in you Mm -hmm. and having faith in your path. This book, was an idea that I had from a class I taught like eight years ago. I taught a class called wow. Recipes for Romance, and it was a little hour-long <laughs> lecture where I, you know, talked for 15 or 20 minutes about, you know, self-love and attracting love, and then we did a little Aphrodite meditation, and then we talked about aphrodisiac foods. And someone said to me, mm-hmm. this is a really great class, and I've seen love spell books and I've seen cookbooks, but I've never seen them put together you should turn this into mm-hmm. a book. It's too much information. And I was like, that's a great idea. So over the course of the last mm-hmm. few years, I've kept, I've kept notes. I've been like, well, this is going to happen one day. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And I manifested right. it. I happened to be at the right place at the right time, met the person I needed to meet because yeah. I was open and ready for the opportunity to come to me. But and and then it and then it, it just progressed from there. And I'm so, so grateful that I didn't give up, that I didn't lose that faith. And I just kept putting those little nuggets out into the universe that it was gonna happen someday. I didn't give up on the idea when it didn't happen by the time I thought it was gonna happen. I was like, Well, right. it'll happen when and if it's supposed to happen and I have perfect faith in that. So I'm gonna keep working on it in the back of my mind. I'm gonna keep a little notebook and, and when it's ready, it will happen. That, too, is magic, right? I would make a recipe that was an aphrodisiac recipe or something for self-love or something to rekindle romance, and I'd be like, hey, this is is a really great recipe that I just came up with. I should write it down, and that will go in my book someday, you know? So, And I'm doing that now with future ideas. I'm like, oh, this is a really great recipe. That would fall under this category. I'm going to put that away, and when and if that ever happens, that's going to go in that book someday. So, again, it's progress, yeah. not perfection. And, and I think it's really important that we remember that that mantra, progress, not perfection, is not just about our magical work. It's about every aspect of our lives. I love that. You're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> this is, You're you awesome. know, we're down to, like, 
We're like we're down to four minutes. Can you believe this? How did that happen? I don't know. We've had a conversation. Time flies. So tell people. I'm, it does, and and you are delightful, and I can't wait to have you back on, which we will discuss in a few minutes. But before we do that, please tell people where they can find you, where they can find the book. Okay, so uh, everything you need to know about me is at cuchinaaurora.com, C-U-C-I-N-A-A-U-R-O-R-A, cuchinaaurora.com. You can find the book there. You can see all of our awesome infused olive oils, which are all made with um, intention and visualization. We have risottos. We have gift packs. We have uh, fancy kitchen tools like hand-burned wooden spoons and cutting boards and aprons. And mm. I think I have five goddess cookie cutters left in stock. Um, we've just had a really crazy, amazing holiday season. So some of those hard mm-hmm. goods, um, like the cookie cutters and stuff like that, we're running really low on them for the holidays, um, but we do still have a handful of those left in stock. We've got gift boxes, mm-hmm. all that kind of jazz. And all the books, oh, not only um, my this book, but my other book, uh, my first book, which is called Taste from the Temple, um, which is published mm-hmm. in Copper Cauldron, can also be found at the website as well. And all the books, if you, you can totally buy the books on Amazon. No problem with that. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to buy them directly from me at kachinaaurora.com, they do come signed by me. So um, that's kind of exciting. Nice. And, <laughs> um, and I'm also all over Facebook at, at Kachina Aurora and then Instagram at Kachina Aurora. And definitely keep an eye out because I, I'm going to start my own podcast. Woo! Um, and then maybe Raina, I'll have you on my podcast. And we I could talk more about this. That would be so much fun. That sounds great. I love we'll it. That sounds wonderful. What's the name of the podcast going to be? We're just going to call it the Kuchina Aurora uh, Kitchen Witchery Podcast, and then we're going to do different series, and all those different series will have different yeah. names. So the first series is basically going to be Recipes for Romance, and we're, it's going to be my husband and I, and we're going to go through the book and talk about our favorite recipes and what his favorites are nice. and how we came up with these things. Um, and that's going to be the first series, and that's going to air sometime in the middle of January. That's Fantastic. I'm really excited. I have made a new friend. Dawn Aurora This is fantastic. Everybody, check it out. A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. Uh, Dawn Aurora Hunt was my guest today. And look for her again soon because I'm going to book her. And she has to come back on because I said so. Uh, yes. But thank yes. you so much for coming on and hanging out with me for the hour. This has been a trip. Thank you so much for having me, uh, and have a blessed Yule. You too, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Yes, thank you. Bye. 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 All right, everybody, I will be back on Wednesday with Judica Illis. That will be the last show for the year. I will be back the second Friday in January. No, yes, no, I'm not sure. Wait a minute. New Year's Eve falls on a Friday. Yeah, so I think we moved everything to the following week of January, but I'm taking a couple of weeks to build up some new shows and get stuff ready so that the podcast continues on as normal. Anyway, have a, uh, a great afternoon, a great weekend, and I'll see you Wednesday. Bye, everyone. <laughs>